All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Keeper Connection podcast. Uh, today should be a real good one. As joining me on the podcast today is my friend and fellow Ontario Canada native, Matt Silva. Uh, Matt is a professional goalkeeper from Brampton, Ontario, and he has just wrapped up playing another season of football over in Sweden. But it's also a real exciting time for Matt right now as of yesterday. He is also one of the newest additions to Canadian Premier League side, York Nine Football Club, which I'm looking forward to discussing with Matt further today. Uh, guys, Matt is by far one of the hardest working goalkeepers that I've had the um, opportunity to work with and also train with. And I'm grateful that he has uh, agreed to come on the podcast today and talk about his experiences and thoughts on goalkeeping. Um, so with that, Matt, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, of course, buddy. No problem. So, yeah, first and foremost, man, uh, congratulations on uh, signing for York 9 yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So for people that don't know, York 9 are playing in the Canadian Premier League, which is a new league starting in, is it April? Yeah, April. Yeah. I think it'll be the second half of April as a preseason. Um, luckily, in the Dominican Republic, uh, will be April 5th to 15th, I believe, somewhere around there. So it'll be nice to get some training in with everyone as well as get a, a nice little tan at the same time. That's it. Yeah. So, it's the, so because it's the first season, everyone's all the clubs are bringing in all their own players just now, right? Yeah, for the most part, you can see that there's coaches that have their connections with the players that they know, uh, which makes sense. You know, you're comfortable with the players that you you know, you know what you're going to get out of them. And then I guess from there, it's just a couple of marquee players. They got some internationals coming in as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's supposed to be mainly Canadian players, obviously four Canadians, kind of like a four Canadians by Canadians thing. So right. uh, it's exciting for football in Canada. It's something that we – we're missing for a very, very long time, so it's uh, it's gonna be interesting, yeah. Yeah. So, what made you decide to come back, back home and, and continue like your professional career at home? You know what? I have to be honest. It was uh, it was tough. It was tough to make the decision to come back home. I think uh, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I think so many Canadians are conditioned to think that you need to go away to make it. Yes. You know. Going to school in Canada, even uh, post-secondary, it's it's not the same as if you go to the let's say the U.S. to go to university or college in the states and get a full ride scholarship and play in that atmosphere. So again, you have to go away, and then you start thinking you need to go to either South America, Europe, Asia to go away because that's where the football opportunities are. So to have something that's local, it didn't you know it didn't click right away to say oh well if I'm at home I start to think oh this is a step back this might be me you know pumping the brakes a little bit, seeing what their career is going to do, maybe getting closer to home, start to settle down. But, you know, as I started to see the players that were starting to get signed, the levels that they were playing at and the levels that uh, the quality of just everyone that is there and the facilities and the teams and the coaches, everything, started to realize, like, hey, you know what? I think it's just me thinking that this is a lesser quality league because it's at home. Because right. that's, you know, what my brain had been trained to think. Um, so... Once I got past that, it was just an eye opener. Seeing, oh my God, like this is this is something. This is a this is serious. So yeah. it took some convincing, um, just because I'd been in Europe for a while, and of course that's the the dream of many footballers. But 
now luckily there's a, another dream for all Canadians and it's at home. So that's the best part about it. That's it. Like, like you said, like the, the other players that you guys are bringing in, the standard that they played at is they've also played outside of Canada as well, right? Is that what you mean by playing at a higher level? Yeah, some of them have played at, in Europe, Australia, uh, South America, the U.S. and ML, ML, uh, sorry, MLS and NASL. And, um, you know, just seeing that they're deciding to come to Canada. Of course, it's a new league. Uh, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. These are guys that could probably have gotten good contracts elsewhere in what could have been seen as much better quality leagues. But when all of those quality players start to come to the same league, you got to start saying to yourself, hey, this is going to be a quality league. You can't, you can't knock it. It's uh, the players that are being signed is, is what's making it uh, very interesting. Exactly. Very, very exciting. Yeah. And with the the World Cup, is it twenty twenty six that that Canada, the States, and Mexico are are all hosting? Is that is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So I mean, it's just a real exciting time to be a part of of Canadian football in general. Um, well, you know what? The whole league is is basically, in my mind, going to be a big player pool for the Canadian national team to look at. Right. So yeah. Players that have been unseen for whatever reason, maybe playing lower leagues overseas or just untapped market, you know, of players that they just haven't been able to see for whatever reason. Now, instead of just having the players that they know, now they can have the players that they know plus everyone else. That's uh, players that are trying out uh, and then teams that are coming into the league in the following years as well, just going to add more players to that player pool, which, of course, will evidently create a better uh, national team, hopefully. Sure. Yeah. For sure. And, I mean, because York 9 – you the coach is, is Jim Brennan, right? Correct. So how much are you looking forward to to be able to work under like like in a lot of people's eyes a Canadian football legend, you know, playing in England and then coming back and playing for Toronto? What's yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, it's uh you could say intimidating, but uh, <laughs> he's a nice he's a nice guy. I mean, uh I've met him a few times and everything he's we've talked about has been football related, so He's a smart footballing mind. He's kind, uh, but, you know, he wants you to work hard. He wants he wants what he wants, and I think he's going to do everything in his power to get that. So uh, I'm excited to, to be around the likes of someone like Jim Brennan and the rest of the coaching staff, and even the coaching staff across the, uh, the Canadian Premier League. you got some good names in there, people that have been at good places. So it would be a, a good opportunity to network with all of those people and meet them and kind of show show what I've been doing, show your quality against coaches like that and players like that so that's it well I think with you know mentioning that you know you're coming from from Sweden other other players coming from elsewhere that you the group of Canadian boys coming into the league will all have that same feeling of we've had to go away and prove ourselves in other countries but now we're able to come back and it's it's going to be an interesting dynamic in that everyone kind of has that same kind of mindset in We've had to go away. We've built ourselves up, and now we're coming back to show what we're actually capable of. Um, yeah, good test. That, you know, is that, I don't think there's many other countries that will have that kind of, you know, experience where, you know, there's nowhere for you to go in your in your home country, and you gotta you gotta go elsewhere. Um, do you think that's like gonna make the league that much more interesting? In that, you know, there's more of a collective you know, we're in this together type of thing? Yeah, it's definitely. A, it's a time where we're here to show what we are about. Uh, and I think I can speak on behalf of all of the Canadian footballers coming back that 
it's finally like a chance to show everyone like, hey, like Canadians can play football. Unfortunately, we've had to go overseas or go away. I mean, there's been a few that have played for local teams in the MLS uh, that have been able to do that in front of their hometown fans. But now it's a, a league that should get some recognition and and ideally put Canada on the footballing map, at least give us some recognition and start in the right direction that will hopefully lead us to a successful World Cup that's coming up uh, shortly. So Exactly, Matt. Super exciting. But let's kind of get go more towards specifically you and goalkeeping because I think that's what a lot of people will want to listen about. Yeah. Um, because, I, I mean, personally knowing you, I know that the journey you've kind of been on and, and getting to work with you and stuff, um, I think it's always interesting to find out what got people involved in goalkeeping because I think everyone has that interesting story of being thrown in or, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's never a straightforward route to becoming a goalkeeper. So what, what, what got you involved in goalkeeping, man? Um. Yeah, definitely never a straightforward route. I don't think everyone wakes up and says, oh, I want to be a goalkeeper. You know, you want to be the goal scorer. You want to be the one celebrating and stuff like that. Uh, you want to be the hard-nosed defender who's tackling or the midfielder making all the beautiful passes. But definitely I think every goalkeeper can uh, agree and probably every player that goalkeepers are special. You know, you need just something something different. Um, and there's just a passion that you love for the responsibility, for, the, for being different, for uh, – the pressure, all of those things, you have to enjoy them. Um, and it's, it's, it's just different. Uh, the way I found myself becoming a goalkeeper was, you know, when you're young, you get rotated in because no one wants to be the goalkeeper. So uh, <laughs> as you're getting rotated in, you know, I had my chance to play. And funny enough, uh, I think I was maybe three, four years old. It's my turn to go in. I got scored on and I cried. You know, <laughs> I, got, I let the team down. I got scored on. It was a big upset. Yeah. My dad was uh, my coach, and I remember the next time my rotation came, he said, hey, you're not going in goal because I'm not going to sit there and watch you cry and embarrass me and embarrass everybody. It's, come on, you know, like, uh, you can't be having that. So for a couple of years, I didn't play in goal. I got skipped on the rotations, but I loved playing it. So at school, I was always the goalkeeper, and I was very, very good. And I kept telling him, hey, Dad, come on, let me play, let me play. Said, no, 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 no. So then eventually I was playing with, uh, I think, Brampton Youth, it was my turn to rotate in, and I said, hey, let me play. And I said, I promise, I, I, I won't cry. I won't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And uh, my sister was in the same school as me, and she said, hey, Dad, like, I've watched him play at school. Like, he's, he's pretty good. Like, don't worry. Let him play. So I play. Had a great game. It was just one of those where my dad was like, what, where did this come from? Like, you know? <laughs> um, and I remember specifically getting scored on and looking over at him. And giving him the thumbs up, like, hey, look, I'm not crying. Like, I'm good. Um, but, yeah, it's just like a – that's kind of how I just found my way in. It was just – I was, I guess, almost stripped of it, not able to play it, and then craved it so much that now it's just uh, – yeah, I'm addicted to it. That's it, man. I've never I would not want to be any play. other position, no chance. Oh, man, that's an awesome story. I've never heard one like that before. Yeah. That's, that's uh... Uh... <laughs> so, because – I know, like, because um, we, I don't know if you remember, but we used to, to play together at the Lynx, like, briefly. Yeah. Um, 2008, so that's, like, what, almost 11 years now? Um, but I remember when I first came, you were one of the, the senior keepers. And I remember, like, the finish drills we were doing and, and like, the 
just the athleticism that you possess. I was like, this guy's nuts. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, and I know you, you played volleyball in high school, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, so how important was it playing, I don't know, volleyball or any other sports kind of growing up for you? Um, I think it was always good to play a different sport because it, it took my mind off of football a little bit. Right. Um, you become like too infatuated with something. If you're just overloaded with one thing, it can kind of work against you sometimes. So it was always nice to get away from the one thing that you love because, you know, you crave it more, you want it more. Um, so that was probably one aspect of it. And then of course, I think any multi-sport um, is better for, for any athlete. You know, I think in the U.S. you can see that many, many, many athletes play several sports. And let's just say goalkeepers in general. If they play soccer, of course, and then they play basketball or they play baseball or anything like that, think about all the different movements that you have to do in those sports that relate to uh, goalkeeping. Exactly. A rebound, a rebound is just the same thing as going to grab a cross. Right. Or it's the same thing as in uh, American football, a receiver catching a ball. It's the same thing as grabbing a cross. Uh, the reaction time, let's say, in baseball from trying to hit a pitch, same thing. Throwing in baseball, if you're in the outfield, you got to throw the ball as a goalkeeper. All these things, they kind of they work hand-in-hand hand with the all the different, like, abilities you need as a goalkeeper. So I think it's a yeah, definitely important to continue playing other sports as you're, spe- like, specified into one, no matter what it is. And this is in general for all sports, I think. Right. How, when did you – like decide like when did you stop volleyball or stop any other sports and just focus in on on football then i would say probably before high school like i already knew i was playing rep and i was traveling a lot uh a couple years in high school i started realizing that i was a good enough quality to get a scholarship and i was thinking okay then this is what i need to be focusing on so that's when the training started to become a little bit more intense the workouts became more intense the focus was get my my grades in and get to uh get to school in the states uh, right all the other things that you know i continue to play high, volleyball in high school and stuff but it was uh it was always always football is the number one priority right and i think for you because you just mentioned going to the states on on scholarship as well right because some people think that it's got to be one or the other you can you gotta either go pro or go to school but you've done both so what kind of is that, was that always the pathway that you thought, I want to go to school first and then focus on going pro after? It was. Um, you know, there's two ways to look at this. And I actually just had this conversation with a couple of young goalkeepers this weekend. Um, I was asking them what their plans are. They're in, I think, 11th grade. And I asked them, you know, are you guys interested in school? And the three of them were, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe, you know, I, I want to go pro. I mm-hmm. said, okay, that's fair. And I said, but what if not? What if it doesn't happen? And they just looked at me with a blank face. And I said, hey, that's fine. That's a, that's a very, very normal response to have. I said, but if you make it pro, then you gain, basically, if you go all four years of school, you gain four years of pro experience that anyone that went to school didn't have. So if you make it right away, then, hey, good for you. You get those four extra years, and by the time you're 22, 23, you've played four years pro, and you're laughing. You're, you're going to be a good, experienced goalkeeper. I said, but if you don't, then you'll have – Let's say one, two years of trying to make a pro, you'll get a little bit of, uh, you'll get demotivated a bit, and then the career could just go south, and you could just end up not playing at all. I said, or you go to school, then you know for four years you can hone in on your craft. You can work on all the things you need to work on. You'll be set up with good facilities, good training, 
good competition, everything. So four years, you can make sure that you're the best as you can be. And at the same time, you have a backup plan. And there's nothing wrong with having a backup plan. It doesn't mean that you're putting your, your plan A on the back burner. It just means that you're being smart about your plan A. And it actually gives you more freedom about your plan A, which is to go pro. Because after the college, after you're done with your university degree or whatever it may be, you have the freedom to potentially take a contract for less overseas or even take a $0 contract, let's say, for a second team or a third team tier, uh, you know, so you can go play there and know, okay, in the back of my pocket, I have a degree that I can fall back on. Um, that opportunity you might not be able to take if you're thinking, oh, if this doesn't work, I have nothing. So that, uh, that safety net is a, is a, is a big thing, is a, is a big helper. And it's, it's, I think it's helped me for my path that I've taken. I think the, the first club I signed with was in the Philippines. I don't think I would have ever gone to go play pro in the Philippines not knowing anything about the league there or the quality of life and everything like that if I didn't have a university degree to back it up to say, okay, if this goes south, I have at least uh, a degree to fall back on. I have an education to fall back on. I will be able to you know, provide for myself. Right, so right. It, it allowed me to just be free with my decisions as I was grinding you know, to try to slowly work my way up the pyramid. That's it. I mean, you yeah. mentioned um, just there it was in the Philippines. Was it, how do you, was it Kaya? Is that how you pronounce it? Kaya, yeah, Kaya uh, FC, yeah. Yeah, so you got, was it, you were on trial at, was it PSC you were at? Uh, no, I, I got there through uh, a combine, actually, which uh, is similar to like NFL combines where right. there's several coaches watching. And you know what? It's just hundreds of kids that go, they play. And you just got to get lucky. I, I can't say it any, any other way. Of course, quality is quality, and that's always going to shine through. But you got to make sure you're on the, the right team with the players around you. They're going to help you, and uh, you got to be able to be put in the right situations. You know, there's games as goalkeepers. We all touch the ball. How's yeah. that going to help you at a combine? It shows that what? You can talk, maybe, you know, nothing else. So uh, you just got to kind of get lucky and then have the right coaches see you at the right time you know, over, like, a three-day period. So... I can say I definitely got lucky in the sense that I was having a, a good few days and had some good opportunities, make some good saves, and uh, had the right coaches watch me. Right. So, How many combines did you actually go to? Was it just the one? I'd been to, in total, I think, in my life, three or four. I went to the first one, got recognized by the combine, which is a combine company, which is an agency as well. They invited me to come back to a second combine where there was coaches specifically looking for a goalkeeper. So they said, hey, You've been identified, and they want to see you. So after that one is when I got picked up from the, uh, the team in the Philippines. Right. Uh, after that, when I've come back, I've kept in touch with the same company, so I've gone to a couple of combines here and there. They have connections to Europe as well. So, of course, uh, it's all about networking, getting yourself out there, and being seen. So I would always go out to the combines, and you know what? It's three days of training. It's three days of meeting people. Uh, sometimes it's in nice places in uh, Texas, Florida, California, so it's possibly a little three-day mini vacation as well. So uh, <laughs> it's all positives on those, yeah. Decent, man. So between playing in, in the Philippines, then was it two or three seasons you played in Sweden? Three seasons. Just finished the third one. Uh, just finished the third, yeah. Year. yeah. So in those, I guess, four total seasons of playing pro, what have you found to be probably the biggest lesson you've learned at that level? Um, biggest lesson? It's uh, maybe not a playing lesson, 
but more of a uh, football world lesson. Uh, the world is small to begin with, and if you put it into your own little niche, uh, the football world is even smaller. Mm. So um, don't burn bridges because, you know, everyone is connected. So be your best person, be professional to the kit man, to the president, to the coach, to the player, to your second goalkeeper, your first goalkeeper. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, be in good standing with everyone because uh, it's unfortunate, but sometimes it comes down to who you know. And you just want to make sure that you're in good standing and you're being a good person overall because that matters. It, it has an effect. Um, and, you know, you want to get your foot in the door. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a good enough quality to play at a certain level, but you might not have that foot in the door. Once you get your foot in the door, then your quality will shine through, hopefully. Hopefully you've worked hard enough and, and uh, you've focused hard enough to, to be able to make it at that level. But sometimes you, you need that connection to get in. It's unfortunate, but that's kind of the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's just I would say, yeah, and the other one would be as a playing aspect. Um, I think as a younger goalkeeper, I was wanting to be too active. I was wanting to do too much, show too much. Um, so I think I've narrowed it down to a pretty simple saying as far as uh, my goalkeeping I, mantra, I guess you could say, is just to not lose the game. Right, so, right. you know, as a goalkeeper, you're, you're not going to score. You know, you're not going to win the game for your team. You can't score the goal. That's how you win. But you can at least do everything you can to not lose the game. So right. like, most you can gain our team is a point. You know, you can keep it a tie. You can keep your clean sheet. If your team doesn't score, then okay, it's a 0-0. It's zero, zero. You got a point for your team. But you can lose the game for your team very easily. So I think as I started going forward, I realized that, Play safe, play smart, and just don't lose the game for the team. And you know what? That doesn't mean that you have to keep a clean sheet. If you get scored on, whether it's a good goal or a bad goal, you can still not lose the, the game, you know, for your team. If you put your head down and then it, that one goal turns into two, three, four, then you've lost the game. Right. But if you have the one against you and you turn it around and then there's other opportunities, you make the save you're supposed to, your team helps you out, they score one or two, then you know what? You didn't lose the game for your team. Everyone makes mistakes, but it's just how you respond to that. And if you're able to, like, stick to that, just don't lose it for them, then you know what? I don't think any coach is going to look badly against a goalkeeper that's playing safe and just they know, okay, this goalkeeper is not going to make a mistake that's going to cost us the game. And, right. And uh, I think that's a very valuable, very simple and valuable thing to live by. Well, I think that's it. It's just trying to keep things as simple as possible. I think, especially for young keepers, to to it's easier said than done, obviously. Um, but especially sometimes you're not in the game as much, um, so the mental side of it can take effect. And if you're overthinking, you can come for a ball that you have no right coming for because you want to, like you said, be active in the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a great little mantra that you have just to try and keep things as simple as possible and just give yourself one goal, don't lose the game. Um, yep. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, back at the when we played with Toronto, when we we're back at the Lynx, um, anyone who's kind of in and around the Toronto Lynx knows that. Or now it's Blue Devils, right? They're no longer Correct. Yeah, playing they'll, League One. Now. Yeah, but they'll know the goalkeeper coach there is is Glenn. Yep. Um, so for me, he was one of the the, the better coaches that I've worked with. Um, just real intense at times, but, you know, set the standards really high. 
mm-hmm. um, for you, who do you would you say is the best coach you've worked with, or or what what makes a goalkeeper coach a good coach? Okay, uh, I'm trying to think is what makes them a good coach. For me, I think it's a a balance of intensity, technique, um, but then also knowing when to have like you know very specific one v one conversations with people. How to just how to manage the the everyone's emotions, and I think that's in general for a coach at, at, at any sport, any level. Um, I, it's tough to say who's my favorite coach. I think favorite goalkeeping coach. Um, I really like to work hard. I like intense trainings, so I enjoy training with Camilo. Uh, yeah. Ben. It's a uh, it's fun training. It's hard training, but uh, it's definitely hard training before fun. So. Right they don't go they go hand in hand that's the the best thing about those trainings um yeah for me a a trainer just needs to be able to connect with the players there's different people from different backgrounds and life stories and i've had a a trainer that i hope for him to listen to this his name's jr uh that i had as i was younger playing with dixie and uh by far was the best trainer i've i've ever had i think i was uh around in my teens and you know what the way he was able to just connect the whole group uh, was the best thing ever. We were playing on a, a, I think Dixie B team, and we were able to beat several A teams and quality teams uh, that you know we probably had no business beating. But just because we were one collective, brought together by him specifically, right, um, right. it showed what we could do. So um, I've several times reached out to him for advice uh, when I've been captain of teams, you know, asking him how he was able to bring us together and different different techniques and stuff like that so uh definitely a big shout out to jr uh, an influence on the way i try to speak to my players and the way i try to bring people together as a collective because i've uh, i've never experienced anything like that since then so it's something i'm always trying to, to figure out right so mm-hmm. you'd say jr is is quite a good leader then in your eyes yeah I think, yeah, yeah the, the leading of course training and the, the drills and everything that's important and it was good sessions but the intensity and um, it's the collectiveness of everybody together on the same page, no matter what, if you liked them or you didn't like them on the field, it was for everyone. It was for JR. It was for the guy beside you. It was, it was selfless. It was a, it was a good feeling. Right. So do you see yourself as a leader as well? I think as a goalkeeper, you need to be right. It's uh, one of those positions where you kind of don't have a a choice. Almost Uh, your defenders are relying on you. You know, and you need to have a very tight knit group of defenders and um, be and be almost in sync with them, because any little mistake can lead to a goal, and that's that's obviously what we're trying to avoid. So I think um, instead of trying to be you know a goalkeeper that's so aggressive and and hard all the time, I think it's important to be um, close with the with the players, like uh, relationship wise, emotionally, you know. You can speak to people off the field about their family life, about their personal life, uh, get to know them personally. Yeah. Because I think those things matter on the field as well, you know. Um, if I'm telling someone all the time, hey, push up, push up, push up, but I haven't talked to him about anything, I don't know anything about him, you know, for sure he's allowed to think in the back of his mind or even subconsciously, who the heck does this guy think he is telling me what to do all the time? Right. But on the flip side, if I know this person very well and we trust each other, you know, if I'm being annoying or if I'm yelling at him, he's just like, ah, like, you know, he's just telling me what to do. He's just trying to help me. You know that down deep, 
that I'm doing it or I'm saying things, even if I'm mad at you for a mistake or whatever it may be, it's coming down to just like pure care for you and, and pure passion for the game. And if he trusts me off the field, then trusting me on the field is, uh, is not a problem. Right. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, because I know when we were both coaching at, uh, at just for keepers with, uh, with, uh, with Claudio Perry, yeah. um, you know, you had asked me if I want to come out and train with, uh, with Keith and Brampton. Yes. And, uh, like I remember you, it was me, you, uh, Johnny Smith and, um, there's another boy that I forget his name now, but okay. you know, you're always talking to us saying, you know, I'm training here. If you guys want to come, come out. Um, always inviting us out. And I always thought like the leadership qualities you possess just made people around you want to, you know, people just vibe off you. Even the young keepers that I saw there, they just were asking you questions all the time. Yeah. Um, do you think that's just, I mean, obviously you work on it, but do you think that's just naturally just comes to you now? Like you just, that's just a part of you. I think as my personality, I don't want to let people down. Right. So I think, um, I think that just shows through in the way I, I guess live my life, but in the game, in the way I work, um, so like in the sense that I'm dedicated, I'm trying to work hard. I'm trying to make it the best for everybody, but for myself as well. So I think that when you have someone that that's, that they're that stubborn and just want to, you know, do well for you and for everyone, it's like, an, it's infectious. You know? Right. So I think that's maybe what's rubbing off on uh, other people around me. Decent, man. Yeah. What do you think is the, uh, the best part about being a goalkeeper then? Oh, the pressure, <laughs> the pressure and um, the responsibility. Um, right. You know what? It's not a glory position. You don't, like I said, get to score and celebrate and you get paid less than everyone else and you get blamed for all the goals that aren't your fault. Even, even if they are, they aren't there, you know, and you're getting balls kicked at you in training and all that stuff. It's not glorious, but um, it's just a responsibility. And then coming with the responsibility is when, you can see that the team trusts you because you've seen teams play and you've felt it before when you're not trusted, when you don't feel that the team uh, believes in you. And it's, it's, uh, it's not nice. It's, it's not great at all. So I think trying to continuously prove to them, like you're worth almost, or that they can make mistakes, that they can play their game and even pass their game because they know that behind them, they have a solid goalkeeper. They have someone there that's going to, be able to bail them out every once in a while I think that freedom lets the players play better and take more chances and ultimately you know helps the team to win um, so that's got to be the best thing about uh, being a goalkeeper is, is all that is that pressure and you don't have to run you know let's, let's be real <laughs> you don't have to run and I don't care how many times players say that goalkeepers are crazy when you see players do fitness that's when the goalkeeper can prove hey we're the ones doing the smart thing here. Yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a shot close in to the face here or there, you know, every once in a couple of while. Ah, I'll take that any day over running. <laughs> any day. That's it, man. How about the hardest part then? Um, you know what? Now that you say it, they're probably one and the same thing is letting them down. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Is letting them down. Aside from that, um, probably finding professional opportunities because there's only one goalkeeper, so it's uh, it's tough. It's it's really tough to find a spot. Um, you know, most teams when they have a goalkeeper, they stick with them yeah. because 
like I said, you want to be comfortable and confident in your goalkeeper. So that's not something you want to start switching around and causing problems with. There's already enough things trying to figure out on the field with the other 10 players. So, you know, if you got one of those uh, sorted out, then you just got to keep it the way it is. Um, Yeah, I would say that's probably the most difficult thing. And, you know, it is a mental game. I know all players go through mental um, stress during the games. But, of course, the uh, the big highlight, the big focus is on a goalkeeper when goals go in. It's, you're just staring right at them. It's the, you're the last line. So, it's uh, yeah, m- the mental aspect is probably is probably up there as well. It's not easy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you, you said, you know, if, like you said, there's only one, one guy that can play at the end of the day. And if that guy is real good, he's consistent, then they're going to stick with that, that keeper most of the time because – the most successful teams tend not to change a whole lot on their way to, to winning titles or, or trophies. So yeah. what would you say, if you have any advice for keepers who are the second choice keeper or behind that first choice guy, would you say, are you saying stick it out? I mean, it depends on the situation, but stick it out, work hard, or look for another club? Yeah, it's definitely situational. Yeah. But you can't just not work hard if the situation's against you. I'd say the number one thing was not to be envious of the first goalkeeper. Um, work with him, not against him. Because right. there's nothing better than a good goalkeeper relationship. I think we've all had times where we enjoy the first goalkeeper or second goalkeeper or the third goalkeeper and love working with them. Then there's times where you absolutely hate it, uh, whether it's a just a – personality thing where you just don't like each other or it's a sense of the competition gets kind of out of hand to the point where you guys are not helping each other it's just against each other right. healthy competition is good but at the same time you need to know that uh, you're both trying to help each other which is ultimately helping the team so um, of course you got to work hard and then it just yeah the second part kind of comes down to situational of yeah. course you always keep your opportunities open never close any doors like I was saying uh, keep yeah keep, don't burn bridges so, um, yeah, I'd say something. Yeah, that's my answer for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like like you were saying, you know, helping one another. It's almost like in a team, there's a team within a team because there's the goalkeeper coach or the trainer along with a first, second choice, third choice. And it's like a small team within a team. And the better that team is, the, the more results you're going to see. And the worst thing that can happen, I think, is if you have a bad kind of goalkeeper team that doesn't have a great vibe to it, where the first choice keeper gets injured, but because there's been so much, whether it's envy or or whatever it might be, the second choice comes in and he's not prepared to to take on that role because of that bad environment. Yeah. So it's like how how important is it for you when you're looking at clubs to sign for, to know that, you know, the goalkeeping team, shall we say, is, you know, a solid one. You get along with them. How important is that for you when you're looking to sign for a team? Yeah, of course. The I would say that the mostly important when you're going into a team uh, and you're not first choice, if the uh, spot is open and you're there just to compete, uh, of course, in this new Canadian Premier League, there's been no proven record, you know, of any goalkeepers having a good season. So unless the coaches have had them previously uh, in their club sides or in national team sides, uh, then, you know, all the spots 
are technically open for competition. So in the, I guess my case as well, and in all the cases of the goalkeepers across the KNPL, and there's several that have been brought in um, as just an open spot that are people, the goalkeepers are there to compete for. You need to make sure that it's someone that you're going to be able to progress with as you're competing. Uh, right. So as long as you're both progressing, then that's important. And uh, of course, yeah, that matters going into uh, team selection and contract selections. Right. Um, going back to, you know, you said the hardest part about being a goalkeeper was partially the mental side of it. Right. How do you, how have you been able to deal with, um, like the mental side of your game? How, how have you improved it over the years? Yeah, I think, um, more my pregame prep, uh, is the thing that I've noticed, uh, has helped me quite a bit this past year. I was, you know, trying to focus on it a lot more. Uh, and visualization was the thing that worked for me. So we had to be at our matches uh, two hours before. I would get there about two and a half before, take a coffee, say hello to everyone that's uh, in there, you know, all the staff, and just uh, find myself a little quiet spot by the field and visualize. Right. Pass to the left, pass to the right, two touch, one touch, goal kicks to half field, to anywhere, um, crosses, shots, you know, and you just play it all through in your mind. Um and you know what? It sticks. It, subconsciously, when it happens in the game, it, it, it's there. It sticks. So, um, yeah, I started to enjoy doing that. It was a nice little peaceful time, you know, the calm before the storm. That's so it, man. It was, it was nice to get yourself there, get acquainted with the field, relax, see first what you're going to do before you do it, and then everything else. Uh, just hope that you had a good week of training and you prepped yourself uh, physically. And, yeah, the rest is kind of uh, – the rest is just whatever happens on the field. Right. So when, when you when you visualize, when you're on the side of the field visualizing, are you visualizing, visualizing yourself as a first-person view or from, like, viewing from, like, the stands? How are you viewing that? I'm Yeah, as a first-person view. So I'll sit on the side, and I'm picturing – actually, as, I guess as a, yeah, as, a, as a spectator, I will vision myself going to grab a cross and then throwing it out. I'll vision myself making a save. I'll envision myself with a 1v1. The player taking a step over, moving to this side. Okay, what would I do with my hands? What would I do with my feet? And I try to see it happening as almost like an outer body experience. I try to picture what it would look like. Right. And did you just come across like these techniques like just on your own, or did you read or, or watch or, or hear it from anywhere? Must have been somewhere down the road where, I'm not sure. But I just always knew that visualization was something that a lot of elite athletes do. Right. Why wouldn't I do it? Why wouldn't I try? So it's exactly. been helpful. It's because all those little things, the little differences that, or the little things that make the difference, um, and if you can get that mental edge and, and prepare yourself, it's it's just that much easier. Um, yeah. And I mean, like you said, like, um, you know, you you visualize it, you've seen it, and then once once it comes to the game, it's just muscle memory. Um, have you ever, like have you ever had those moments where you make a save and you're just like, I have no idea how I've just done that. I have no idea how I saved that. I guess I don't want to admit to that. I want to say that all the saves I've made or <laughs> I made them, but uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just kind of got to get in the way. That's also a save yeah. is a save. So sometimes good body position and just being in the right place at the right time that that happens. Um, but yeah, you kind of, you don't think, you know, if you're training, you're doing the right things. Like you said, muscle memory, it just becomes natural and that's what it should be. Yeah. So, you just do it. Yeah. So and then the cool thing is about visualization is if, you do something in the game that's exactly what you visualize, 
it feels like um, it feels like you were like foreshadowing, like you were just seeing it happening before it happened. Yeah. And it just feels much more comfortable as it goes on. So as those visualizations progress, you can make them, I guess, more complicated because you realize that, okay, I visualized this last game and hey, I did it. And it felt good and it was exactly the way I saw it happening. And then, you know, you can move on beyond there. So, yeah, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to, I would say, for young goalkeepers or any goalkeepers, if you're not doing it, to try it out. Like, sure, when you're doing it, it feels weird. You know, you're, you're you're watching yourself basically do things like, but it's uh it helps. It's just like a mental prep. You got to warm up your body. You got to warm up your brain. It's That's it. That's what they say. What they say is eighty, ninety percent mental, and then the rest is physical. Yeah. Um, so if you can, yeah get that edge, you're you're good to go. Right. Um, do you have any other tips or advice for for young goalkeepers or even just players in general? Um. I'm just, man, I work hard. That's all I know. Like, I work hard. I grind. I don't find any shame in sending emails and making the phone calls. Uh, Some players are waiting for someone to come find them or waiting for an agent to help them. Um, Man, there's no shame in calling a team saying, hey, can I come for a tryout? Hey, here's my video. I've sent countless, hundreds, 500s of emails just hoping for a response. Um, you know, to the point where you hear the notification of an email and you grab your phone, you're like, here it is. And it's just someone saying, oh, thanks for the email. Um, but no, thank you. Or automatic reply. Sorry, we're on vacation. You know, something like that. And you get them all the time and you just kind of can't get unmotivated about it. You just got to keep going and know that out of the thousand emails you send, one's going to be the opportunity and that's all you need. So kind of just to keep at it and that's it really. That's it. It's not luck. It's 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 a lot of behind the scenes work that that people don't see. Of course, luck is there. That's that's inevitable. You got to get lucky as well. Yeah. But it just doesn't come without hard work. Right. You make your own luck. Yeah. That's it, man. Um. So I mean, you you do a bit of coaching. I mean, you you were talking before about how, um, when you train. This is before we started recording. You were saying you were training with some younger kids you're just getting training in wherever you can yeah uh, but you also do coach a little bit how important is it for you to kind of give back because i know when you come back from sweden it's you know everyone's training indoors but you you do go out to coach some sessions as well how important is it for you to kind of give back to your community and stuff yeah it's a uh, of course it's important man um and just recently um after a training session that i was doing there was a goalkeeper, a young young boy, I'd say somewhere around 10, 10, 11 years old, was watching me train. And uh, I just went for a quick water break. And his dad said, hey, uh, by the way, you're inspiring the heck out of my kid. Said, I'm sorry, what'd you say? And I looked down at this boy and his eyes were, you know, bugging out of his head. His smile was wrapped around his head. I said, hey, buddy, like, how's it going? We talked for a little bit. And I gave him a little souvenir that I had for my last team in Sweden. And uh, I could only imagine the feeling I would have had as a boy his age if that happened to me. Right. Uh, that souvenir would be, you know, right in front of my bed and I would be taking it everywhere with me and, you know, I'd be so excited. Um, so same thing when it comes down to the, the goal. Um, any little thing that you can give the, the young goalkeepers that are coming up, any little motivation uh, to want to come to training, to want to work hard, to the same thing, not want to let you down. Uh, right. because they look up to you so much 
that's the drive that you're trying to instill in uh, in the young ones. So, of course, I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy seeing the ones that want to work hard, work hard. And even the ones that don't want to work hard, you know, they're there. They're having fun. Um, and like I said before, goalkeepers are a special breed. So anyone that's willing to put on those gloves and, and give it a go, uh, I'm up to I'm up to train you. I'm up to, to have some fun. Love that, man. So, yeah. I mean, your influence on, on that, that one kid, um, who would you say is your, your biggest influence in, in goalkeeping or in football? What, like, who do you look up to? Oh, um, I guess on a world stage at the moment, I really enjoy watching uh, David De Gea play. Um, he's great. So I, I like watching his stuff. You know, he's, a, he's an all-around good goalkeeper, so that's fun to watch. Uh, I, I enjoy Manchester United as well, so that's just uh, – that's just a bonus. <laughs> um, as far as local goalkeepers or other goalkeepers I know, um, I, I think I would just say in general, like like-minded goalkeepers that I've met throughout my time that are willing to work hard, that want to do the extra bit, that want to stay after training and do extra stuff and um, are always, you know, like myself, contacting people, hey, I got extra training time here. I have a field here. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? So I, I don't know if I could – specify down to one person um not off the top of my head right now um but yeah that's uh that's probably what it comes down to is anyone that's just willing to work hard and put in the effort as you know and grind that's what it comes down to that's and, it finding, yeah then they're an inspiration finding those like-minded individuals right to to kind of, of course. you help them they help you it's all about give and take in that kind of situation yeah definitely so, do you know who you're going to be working with at York Nine, like goalkeeper wise? Or are you the first? You're the first keeper signed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, do you know of anyone else coming through, or not yet? I uh, don't know if I can say. Oh, okay, cool. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure about that. So yeah. It's all good. What would you say is your uh, your greatest achievement so far in football? Uh, first contract. You know, it always feels good. Um, <laughs> Probably, yeah, probably my first contract um, or or going to school uh, my freshman year. I was able to get rookie of the year uh, as a goalkeeper, which is very tough. Right. So That was at LeMoyne, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, at LeMoyne College in Syracuse, New York. So I was lucky enough to find a good team, and I played well. And, yeah, it was a really good start to my college career and continued at a pretty good pace. So, uh, yeah, that was a – yeah, that was a good a uh, good achievement as well. And did you break the record or or did you equal the record for for clean sheets for the school? Oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Then yeah, be, yeah, uh, I was. I think just past uh, two years ago, I think uh, their goalkeeper there named Ben Bury, he uh, just beat my shutout record. He uh, beat my it. Clean sheet <laughs> record. Yeah, yeah, he beat it. And trust me, I got all my alumni and my my past teammates messaging me about it. So. <laughs> Uh, congrats to you, Ben, if you hear this. Uh, good job. Um, but, yeah, in my time there, I beat the record. And, you know, records are meant to be beat, so he got me. That's it, man, setting the standard. Yeah. Um, what, so playing in, in the Philippines, playing in Sweden, and then now playing professional back home again, um, what would you say is the big, biggest difference between, you know, playing abroad and, and playing at home? I'd say, of course, when you're abroad, you got to put a lot of emotions as far as missing your family and missing out on events, uh, being in a new place, 
different culture, all of those things. You got to learn how to handle those things. Um, being at home, there's obviously things you need to get used to again. You know, uh, when you've been away for so long, you got to remember how to be with all your family and friends and be at home and, and have that experience. But of course, that's what you're used to, right? So all of those little things that work against you as far as trying to get used to the different culture and people and everything, you don't have that working against you. So that's one thing that you are benefiting from by being home. So I said, that's probably the main, the main thing is just the familiarity with being home. You know, you're, you're there. Uh, but then I guess it, it adds extra pressure as well because, you know, you're, when you're away, you're doing your craft and if you have a bad game, no one knows about it. You know, you, you tell your parents and families and friends, whatever you want to tell them. Um, of course, if you're getting to televised and stuff, then they see that and, and that's that. But when you're at home, like everyone knows, and you have a, I guess a standard to uphold and your name to uphold because there's everyone around you that you care about and love and, and uh, know you that are looking out for you. And they're not looking for you to fail. They're your fans usually and your family and friends, but at the same time, like everyone's there to judge you. So uh, that's an added pressure that, you know, sure. It's great to come back home, but you got to make sure that when you're coming back home, like you're, you're holding up to your name, you're holding up to your quality, to your, uh, to the standard that you've been saying that you are, that you, you know, claim to be when you're away. So that's a, I think that's a thing that is important as well to, to factor in when you come back home. Right. That's really interesting that you say that, that, you know, most people would think that coming home, maybe it's a bit more relaxed, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're in your natural environment, but to hear you say that, like the added pressure, I've never really thought about that. Um, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. So people- well, I don't think my parents has, or my family have seen me play a game live in, I don't know, four years, five years, something really? like that. So, um, yeah, like you come back home, like you want to show mom and dad, you want to show your friends and everyone, hey, look, this is what I've been doing. I haven't been just, in, uh, just hanging out over there, overseas. So it's, <laughs> that's it, yeah. man. Um, that's super interesting. That just like the, like you said, but that, like you said earlier, the best part about being a goalkeeper is the pressure, right? Yeah, of course. I'm not, I'm not shying away from it. Yeah. Uh, um, what would you say then in your experience, um, you know, you've worked with probably countless goalkeepers at all at different levels, but what would you yeah. say is the, the difference between, you know, what separates the good goalkeepers from the great goalkeepers that you've worked with? Um, as far as the ones I've worked with, it's just like the relentless list, like during training to the point where, you know, like if they drop a ball and it's easy that's like the end of the world to them. Right. Not the end of the world where they stop training and it affects them, but every little detail matters. Like that's the, that's the important part. That's where the goalkeepers that are progressing farther are the ones that care about every last second of the training session right. and putting everything they have into it. Um, so yeah, those ones, the, the ones that are really focused on that. Um, I would say so. I remember uh, in the Philippines, there was a goalkeeper named Neil Etheridge. He plays for Cardiff city right now. Yeah. He is uh, friends with, I think, the current coach or knows some of the players on Kaya FC, the team I was with in the Philippines. And uh, he was in offseason, so he was back in the Philippines visiting family and stuff. And he came to a training session. And, you know, there was a, a bit of an edge of, hey, this guy's coming to our team. You know, he's going to train with us. Of course, you want to show what you got. So that was a great training session because the whole time we were – quietly just trying to one-up each other right you made a good save okay watch this oh yeah watch this (laughs) and it was nice to go back and forth with each other because we were pushing each other but there was no malice there was no negativity to it because he wasn't there for my spot i wasn't there to take his spot and it was just like hey you're a good goalkeeper 
and we're gonna push each other. So let's 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 uh, go for it. So yeah. that's a that's probably the best ones to be around. Yeah, because he's he's from England, but he plays for the Philippines. I think right, like that's how correct. It works. Yeah, correct. Because yeah. he used to play for a club called um, Walsall, who my dad supports. Um, okay. So that's how that's weird that you said his name. Cause I actually know I know about him. Um, and yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he he came up kind of he was released and he kind of bounced around the lower division in England and then kind of found his way to Walsall, played well there, and then got a move to Cardiff and they got promoted first first year right. there. Um, just grinding. That's all it was. Man. You just you just don't know where your uh, where your next you know big break's gonna come from. Um, exactly. In yeah, in about two seasons, he went from playing uh, League One football to playing Premier League football, playing against the best the best in the world. Yeah, it's great um, to watch him play. Happy for him. That's it, man. So, um, you know, what's what are your goals for the coming season then coming up? What are you what are you looking at personally trying to trying to achieve this year? Um, without saying the obvious things like, oh, I want to win goalkeeper of the year and I want to win the league. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, I mean, what else is there to say? That's what you want to do. You want to win. Um, of course – personal things you want to prove yourself you want to prove your worth um make a name for yourself and all that stuff but when it comes down to it like you want to win so um it's more of a collective team thing versus a, a personal a personal interest uh, you want to win so hopefully we can get a good group of guys together and mesh well on and off the field and and yeah and have a good season i think ultimately if a good season of good football comes through then we can get a lot more interest and yeah, then keep pushing football forward in Canada. Right. I mean, it's it's a great opportunity in that. I think, is it the Canadian, the, what's the, the Voyager's Cup? Is that what it's called? I believe so. Yeah. And I think you guys, the, the, the CPL teams will play some games. And as you progress, I think you'll get to play, if you make it that far, um, you know, Vancouver, Montreal, or Toronto. Um, right. I think it's just a massive opportunity for for you guys to kind of showcase yourself. It's just super exciting right now to, for you guys to be a part of that. Um, have you have you been able to, because I know you trained with TFC for a little bit, didn't you, just in the off season one year? Yeah, last year. Yeah, how was that? What was that like? Uh, top class. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, yeah, I have nothing bad to say. The facilities were great. Coaching was great. Guys are great. Um, that facility they have down at Downsview Park is uh, beautiful. Everyone's in good spirits. Of course, when I was there last year, they were in their playoff run. So right. <laughs> it was a good time to be around. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, they do it right there, and they make you feel like you got nothing else to worry about except for football, and that's the way it should be. Right. So, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Joe Cannon, goalkeeper coach there? Pardon? Joe Cannon's goalkeeper coach there? Uh, I was working with the USL side mainly, um, and that was um, with, um, with Berger was there, right. Phil Berger. So that was fun to be there. And um, – same thing, same quality. It doesn't drop when it drops to the USL side at all. Nice, man. So, so what are you doing now for, for training? Are you training um, with the team right now or with the guys that are involved, or are you just doing your own thing right now? A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, we've obviously got our preseason workouts sent out to us, so just following that schedule along with some other personal workouts. And then, um, yeah, we're, tra we're training twice a week right now with uh, some of the players. So just kind of – keeping ourselves in shape, taking over until preseason starts in April. Nice, man. Yeah. Um, 
basically we're coming to the end of it, man. I think we've we've covered quite a bit there. Yeah. Is there any? I guess the the main point of this podcast is I'm trying to get just I think Canadian Canadian goalkeepers. You know, in the GTA alone, we have quite a few good goalkeepers. Um, I'm just trying to give Canadian goalkeepers a platform to kind of, you know, tell their story and, and you know, express themselves and, and show that we do have quality players in, in Canada. Um, so, like, is there any, I guess, thoughts of yours that you think, you know, going forward, what where we can take Canadian football and, and where you think that's going to go? I mean, I think the sky's the limit for Canadian football. Why not? Uh, the facilities are here. The players are here. They've proven themselves abroad and, and now have the chance to prove themselves at home. Um, so why not? It can it can go as far as it can. Um, as far as goalkeepers, there's good goalkeepers right now, so they're going to turn into good goalkeeper coaches, and the quality should just continue to rise from there. I That's think, of course, like we've, we've mentioned a couple of times before, I'll say it 100 times over, first is the hard work, and then everything else kind of should fall into place after that. So yeah, that's, it, what, that's what the main focus there is. I really don't know any other way to do it except for just working hard and just keep grinding. That's it. Well, man, yeah. thanks so much for coming on, dude. Um, yeah, of course. It's it's just an early project that I've started, but I hope it can kind of build some traction. Um, again, man, like you said, it's just hard work, and you're one of the hardest workers out there. So I hope thanks. the uh, the season coming up is is real good for you, and that you guys you know, win everything that you're looking out to win. Um, but yeah, man, super grateful for you to, to take the time out to, uh, to come on and join me in what is a super, I guess, exciting time for you right now. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. Just signed it yesterday, so it, uh, it hit me. It was real. That's it, yeah. Bob. Yeah. Again, man, all the best. Uh, we'll keep in touch. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me. And then uh, hello to all the listeners. It's been great to have you guys listen. <laughs> all right, Maddie. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, cool. We'll talk. All right. T-